Hello, Rue. Hello, Nick. How are you? <coughs> I'm a bit slushy, so my goal is to try and sound coherent for long enough between wheezes and coughs. Is it hay fever? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think it is a, a slightly lingering cold, but one of those that always just hits a bit more in the evening. Hmm. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. I hope we'll get through tonight. I'm I'm going to struggle to stay awake. I think. Okay, let's let's power through. Right, shall we shall we go from the top? I I think this is in. I think we're this is all included. <laughs> we're we're already on air. Excellent. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Uh, you're listening to Beardy Dads. It's episode eighteen. My name is Rue Reynolds, and I have a four and a bit, nearly five month old son called Oliver. Uh, I'm Nick O'Leary, and I've got a fourteen week old Lauren and a three and a half. Why well, is I've been saying three and a half year old for a while now he's he must be like at least three and a three quarters <laughs> three and three and two thirds three yeah let's go for three and two thirds a uh, little boy called toby and other than being a bit sniffly how are you doing nick good i'm on the verge of going away for a week for a work trip very nice can we ask where you're going uh it's sunny san francisco for a very week. nice um so kind of in that slight mad panic of getting things ready to go both with the stuff I'm doing there, but also just making sure everything's ready here at home for me not being here for a week. Hmm. And this is your first big trip away since Lauren was born, isn't it? Yeah, and it's it's probably actually my first trip away for more than a couple of days, even since Toby. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. I've done a couple of work trips since Toby arrived, but they've typically been, at most, a couple of nights away somewhere in this country. Right. Um, no, this is, this is my first trip abroad for... For a few years. Leaving on a jet plane. And how are you feeling about yeah. it? I'm excited for the trip and everything I'm going to be doing over there. Uh, but it's um, also, you know, just slightly worried about leaving leaving Joe and the kids behind. I mean, they're, they're, they'll be fine. My parents are coming to stay for the week to help with doing, getting Toby to nurseries in the morning and that sort of thing. That's nice. So, yeah, everything's going to be fine. Yeah. Um, just need to convince myself of that fact and not worry about it. I had a similar experience recently. I had my first big trip away since Oliver was born, and um, I think I I think I mentioned it on the on the podcast that it was that combination of being sad to leave and feeling worried that you know Rachel, even with parents around, was was yeah. going to it was wouldn't quite be the same. But also, just I mean, I had a twelve hour flight. 12 hours, uninterrupted, I could sleep for all the whole thing. It was incredible. I know. I was having a look, you know, what what films can I get off Google Play to put on the tablet to watch on the plane? Very nice. Um, and so I was looking at these and it's like, you know, £5 for this, £10 for that. And I thought, hold on, let's have a look online. So I've looked at what films are on the plane. Because, <laughs> of course, you can do that. Plan ahead. Plan ahead. And actually, everything I was going to pay for is is part of the in-flight entertainment. Very nice. Albeit it'll be the airplane edit. So, you know, if any of these films have plane crashes in, I won't know. Yeah, but, um, I, I found that with a film that I was watching. There was a, a Wolverine uh, origin story film. I can't yeah. remember what it's called. And there's a bit where a helicopter crashes. Except in the version I watched, the helicopter just goes from being in the middle of the air to being wreckage on the floor. And yeah. The crash bit, just no, you don't get yeah. to see that. Well, there's uh, the Nicolas Cage film, um, Knowing, where he predicts big sort of cataclysmic events one of which is a plane crash right 
And the first time I saw this film was on a plane where he gets out of the car and this, this loud roar overhead fade to black and it it's morning <laughs> the next, you know, it's the next day. And it's like, okay, something happened, but you've no idea. And it was watched it on TV and yeah, really good. You know, a uh, very impressive sort of special effects of this plane just flying over at a big 747 and crashing. But yeah, didn't get any of that on the plane. <laughs> Fun. Well, enjoy your trip. So that means that there won't be a, a new episode next week. Probably not. I, I, yeah, I think uh, time zones and all probably means we're not going to find the time to chat next week, are we? No, it would it would surprise me very much if we did. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll make it a good one uh, this episode. Um, I having said that, Nick, I I don't know what we'll talk about this week. Last week we talked a lot about teething. Yep. Um, and uh, since then, Oliver's actually his. his uh, his gob has settled down a bit. Oh, I'm pleased to say, yeah, it's very good news. He's um, he's no longer quite as irritated by everything, <laughs> and he doesn't quite so frequently look up at me and and pull his very very saddest face and and have big tears rolling all over the place. And he's also settling much faster. So this week, we've gone from it taking two hours to get <laughs> him to bed to well, tonight was was a bit longer than than previously this week, but. Mm-hmm. It's you know it's been as short as three or four minutes. Put him in the cot and well, that's good. falls asleep, and then he'll sleep for anywhere from three or four hours, maybe for for a first feed, um, yeah. and then sometimes seven, sometimes eight hours. There was one one day this week where Rachel woke him up after eight and a half nine hours. Yeah. Um, woke him up because it was time to get up. <laughs> yeah, well, excellent. I mean that that's the progress you want to get, isn't it? So it's getting to the stage where he's. Much less. It's not that he's less dependent on us. He's mm. he's still totally dependent on us. But the the gaps between needing attention are, yeah. are getting longer. Uh, at least while he's asleep, while he's awake, they're getting shorter because he wants entertaining all the time, or at least most of the time. You know, there, there has to be something going on. Where in those first couple of months, um, it was one continuous blur of sleeping and feeding and and not any real interaction. Yeah. But now he's he's developing a sense of humor. Certain things will make <laughs> him laugh more than others. He's Yeah. Yeah, he's lovely. It's it's exciting just seeing how much he's changing week by week. That's lovely. I mean, I know um, we weren't there, Rue, but I know um Lauren and Oliver spent some time together this week. Well, uh, if we're going to have an arranged <laughs> marriage, you know, we we have to start them early, don't we? Well, well, absolutely. Um no, so I think they um Joe and Rachel took took the babies to was it Baby Sensory this week? Yes. Yeah, Baby Sensory. One of these classes you can go to that's I think just all the mums and babies sat in a circle with some songs and some really little sort of sensory things like like the Rainmakers we spoke about last week. Yeah, and, lots of things to see yeah, and feel and experience and, and lots of noise making things. And anyway, um, I know afterwards. Uh, Lauren, who can get really quite chatty with her <laughs> burbling, she sort of turned to Oliver and burbled away, and Oliver broke down in tears. <laughs> um, so th- they were separated, and then a short while later, um, so so Rachel told me, Joe had picked Lauren up. Lauren sort of looked around the room, saw Oliver, sort of locked locked her eyes onto him, and gurgled at him, just as she'd been doing, and set him off again. <laughs> And it was that, 
It, oh, good. It was. It sounded like she had. It was the fact she looked around the room, spotted him, and you know that <laughs> that was the trigger. So it's really nice. Just I mean, it was fun and cute, but when you start seeing those signs that it isn't just random noise, it isn't just random gurgling at the world. That there was real sort of cause and effect there mm, of, of mm. her seeing him. So yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Um, actually, talking about baby sensory, I, I got um, an invite to the dads only baby sensory class coming up soon. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm quite excited about it. Although I have my reservations, mostly because the email that went around was written in Comic Sans, which doesn't oh. fill me with confidence. I know that doesn't help you, does it? No. Yeah, that, that That's one of your uh, trigger points, isn't it? It is, <laughs> it is something that will set me off. It will make me cringe slightly. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, except... I'm sort of off on the wrong foot already. Well, I, I feel the need to prepare you then, because I know um, we've spoken before. Joe, my wife works at Yellow Dot Nurseries. All of the stuff you get from them printed, they use Comic Sans for everything. Oh, Nick, but she's quite important in that company. Can't can't she stop that? <laughs> I've had this conversation with her. <laughs> oh, good. And no, no, it, it's not going to change. There is so it was told to me, and I I've not research this at all it gets used a lot in schools and in education as well because it is a not it's not like handwriting but it's not it's more familiar to as printed text than a straight font would be so closer to a handwriting style yeah helpful for kids who are learning to handwrite yeah now i I don't necessarily fully endorse that position but i think that that was the excuse that was that was given for for their choice of using it but You've got to weigh these things up, haven't you? Because it, it may be helping them to learn to write. And I, I don't dispute it. You know, I, I, I'd love to see the papers, but I don't necessarily dispute it without any evidence. But equally, it's teaching them terrible taste. They need to learn. <laughs> like, they need Helvetica from the beginning, I think. And it, there's also the fact, you know, a lot of the printed stuff you get from the nursery, it isn't, it's not aimed at the kids. It is, it is the note <laughs> coming home in their bag saying... Yeah. They had a toileting accident, or please remember the sun cream and hat. You know, it, it's it's definitely his notes to the parents. So yeah. I think people secretly love Comic Sans, but it's just <laughs> it's just the hipster thing to not like it. Do you think everyone's got a like a, a guilty pleasure of enjoying it, or just I, a genuine I, like? I like to think a lot of people actually have it set as their default font in their you know in their email client for the email they receive. I certainly receive a lot of emails sent in Comic Sans. <laughs> Very few from my colleagues in the department in which I work, mostly from other departments, I must must say. But um, yes. yeah, anyway. <laughs> how, that how was did we fun. Get there? I have no idea how we got there. Uh, oh, Baby Sensory. So I'm going to go to Baby Sensory class. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I think they're, they're doing it on a Saturday so that uh, people who aren't able to do it in mm. the weekdays can go along and uh, yeah take part so it's gonna be fun brilliant i think by the time we speak next it will have happened i i say that without massive confidence because i haven't actually <laughs> put it in the calendar yet but uh, i'm i'm pretty sure that that's uh, coming up in my life fairly soon so i've got that to look forward to brilliant well look forward to hearing how you get on there oh. dads. so we've, we've talked a bit about development and progress and and moving up Mm. and things one thing that we've been spotting is um oliver's up into the uh three to six month clothes now fairly fairly well 
Yeah. Um, I guess because Lauren's about the same age. I mean, she's she's a little bit smaller than Oliver, obviously. She's a yeah. few weeks younger. But um, are you are you also moving up to the three month stuff? We're we're in the awkward phase of we're between the not to three close and the three to six close. Do they overlap, or is there is there a gap where it becomes a problem? Well, yeah, it depends where you buy them. Um, like the boot stuff will last longer than the the mother care stuff. It there does seem to be a surprising variety in just how long and, and you get this all the way through like Toby is just suddenly in the last month grown out of all of the trousers we have for him <laughs> I think yeah he's gone through a growth spurt but no Lauren is in this this awkward phase and um, I think to, we felt it today in particular because she had I think four explosions oh yeah uh, explosions which required a complete change of clothes and we ran out. We ran out of clean clothes for her. <laughs> uh, well, not quite. Any. We, we, I think we were down to the clothes she was put in and one remaining spare set. And it's, you know, we've got a drawer full of three to six clothes, which just, she's still, yeah, too small for really. Yet we don't want to go and have to buy more, not three months, because, you know, in a couple of weeks we don't need it. So Yeah, yeah it won't um, be long at all. No, so it's that it is that awkward phase. I mean, you, you accept you know when they dribble a lot and when they have nappy explosions, that type of stuff. You do get through lots of clothes, mm. but I, but I think when, when she had her fourth explosion just today, I mean that, that is that quite a lot of poo. That is quite a lot of poo, and then it, it meant the washing machine had to go on a bit <laughs> earlier than normal today. Yeah, I, I find ours coming on much more frequently than than pre baby. We, I think we had a couple of days recently, maybe maybe 48 hours straight, without a single poo. Uh, and I was just getting slightly nervy about that. Uh, but apparently it's it's quite normal. Apparently some yep. some babies around Oliver's age, uh, sometimes only three or four times a week. Yeah, yeah, you certainly do get to that point where, well, exactly that. They can go for a day without without doing a poo. Uh, and, it, and it's normal, but it can be slightly disconcerting when... Um, that first, you know, those first couple of times it happens, and you're not used to it. You're used to, you know, dealing with multiple poos a day. Yeah, but... you have a, a frequency expectation, which is much, much higher than that. Yeah, oh, fun. We have yet again, Nick, some good news this week. Excellent. What have we got? We've got uh, a tweet from Aaron Ashmore, uh, old friend of the show, who says that he's pleased to share the news of the arrival of baby. Oscar Felix Ashmore. Uh, he was born on the 12th of May. Massive congratulations to Aaron and his partner on the birth of Oscar. Uh, yeah, yet, yet another exciting week in the life of Beardy Dads. Yeah, that's all. Oh, it's always lovely to see. And I see, I, I can see the tweets now, and he's got a nice little photo of Oscar there, which is nice to see. Good photo. Um, hopefully, you will hear his story in a future episode. I've had a few friends recently who've had babies, and they're very keen to share. They, they want to contribute something to Beardy Dads. I think there's a bit of an initial shock period when you just need a bit of time just to recuperate. So, uh, yeah, yeah, Aaron, if you're listening, uh, don't don't rush. Uh, obviously, enjoy life, and uh, you'll yeah. you'll be you'll be quite busy. I'm not sure if this is Aaron's first baby. It is his first one, and Aaron, when you hear this, you need to update your Twitter profile. You're not a dad to be anymore. <laughs> that will be second on his list after recording something for Beardy Dads. Yeah, Beardy Dads. Dave Hughes, who we last heard from when talking about uh, doing uh, dating scans, he's been in touch again, and in fact he sent us a contribution. Hi, Beardy Dads. 
Dave here. I've got a couple of contributions for the show this week. Uh, I've been listening a long time and really enjoy everything you do. Um, we had Sebastian born on the 20th of March and he's an absolute bundle of joy. First thing I wanted to talk about was sleep. Now, I read in a book somewhere that babies should have 16 hours a day sleep or they, they sleep for 16 hours a day. In Seb's case, this is not true. Um, he will probably sleep at the most an hour during the daytime and then he'll go down at midnight, sleep till about three o'clock, have a feed and then get up about half past six. As a result, it's incredibly time-consuming for my wife. There's no time in the day to do anything. I just wondered how many other listeners had experienced this uh, th- this phenomenon uh, or whether it was something that was actually really normal. Um, the second thing was a tip that was passed on to me by a colleague, which is uh, using a survival blanket as a toy. Apparently, the uh, foil... Uh, effect and the, the 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 rustling really does entrance a baby and I bought one for a couple of quid from Go Outdoors and it is absolutely fantastic. Thoroughly recommend them. You can scrunch them up, stuff them down the back of the safe when you don't want them, and uh, yeah, it will entertain baby for a good half an hour, just lying on there and having a good time and punching the foil. Keep up the good work. Thanks. So of of those two things, then um, yep. the, let's take the first one first. The uh, sixteen hours a day. It does sound like a lot um, in the early in the early days. I'm sure Oliver wasn't getting a solid sixteen hours, or or at least uh, or even a, a broken sixteen hours sleep, including naps in the yeah. day. It does uh, often feel like it's a lot less than that in the early days. I suppose. How about for you with with Lauren? I mean, she she'll sleep. I don't know nine nine hours overnight, maybe with a with a feed in the middle of that, but yeah, roughly nine hours, and then. I think because um, we 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 have stuck with the feeding app. Joe has also started tracking the sleeps, which we mm. weren't doing originally. Um, I think it can be anything from twelve to fourteen hours a day, but, you know, total that that she sleeps. Mm. Um, and it tends to vary a bit. Depends what we're doing. If we're out and about and she's in the car seat, she, she probably ends up sleeping longer because she just. I think she really likes sleeping in the car seat. Yeah, they're good, um, aren't they? It's just very soporific once they're yeah. settled nicely in the car. Yeah, and if you're driving a lot and all that sort of stuff. So um, it does vary. I, I mean, 16 hours feels like a lot and um, feels like more than than Lauren does. But mm. um, I won't say we're necessarily in a routine, but there, there's a pattern, I'd say, that she'll wake up at about half six and have a feed then and often she'll then have another nap in the morning and then again around lunchtime just after lunch she might have another hour or two then and um, often in the afternoon again another couple of hours then I wouldn't call it a routine but but I think she she's found something of a natural cycle yeah that's good well if listeners uh, know how long their babies sleep for um, I suppose what I'd love to hear is how many hours are they sleeping in total and how old are they because my guess is that there's going to be quite a interesting pattern where maybe early on they sleep quite a lot uh, and then as they develop a bit more maybe they, uh, they they get out the hang of sleeping constantly through the day uh, and then yeah. as you say this this pattern starts to emerge of, of naps during the day yeah Dave also mentioned uh, a tip using a survival blanket as a toy I'd not come across that before I had noticed that quite a lot of the toys that we have have um, scrunching yeah. plastic inside the you know like there's, there's a 
a dog that's got ears of, of a nice plasticky material in the inside, so they make that, that really nice crunching noise. Yeah, no, we we actually do have a survival blanket, and we do we use it for exactly that. And it may even be something we picked up from the baby sensory from Toby's go round. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah it, it's brilliant because it's. I mean, it opens up really quite big sheet, but packs away to nothing because it's it's you know as thin as foil. Right. But um. But much stronger than tin foil. This is something that yeah that no, would stand being. Yeah, it's, it's got some plasticky. Yeah, you can't really tear it, but yeah. um, yeah, the slightest touch, and it makes a lot of crink, you know, crunching noise. Hmm. So yeah, it, it's again, it's again like the rainmaker. It's one of those. It doesn't take much to make a good sound. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to get one of these. Um, th- this probably goes without saying, but I'm guessing this is not a toy that you would use unsupervised. I'm I'm guessing that this is uh, at least potentially a bit of a a choking or a, a suffocation risk. We're talking about like a big sheet of plastic, right? Yes, but it... I don't know. <laughs> I don't really no? it like that. Um, it just, maybe because I haven't seen one or felt one. I, I don't... To, yeah. to me, it just sounds like a terrifying prospect. <laughs> like, I can I can see how Oliver playing with a, a survival blanket on the floor or bashing it with his fist or whatever, like, yeah. whilst, while people are watching him, no problem at all. But I'm guessing it's not the sort of thing where you just leave them in a cot with a, a massive sheet of plastic no or, or right. am, am, am i worrying unnecessarily no I, I, th- I think you're right there. i think it's you know when they're on their activity mat it's something you can lie under them or sort of scrunch up in a ball next to them that type of thing yeah uh, yeah no i i wouldn't not many things i'd leave them with as i you know, walk out of the room and leave them to their own devices for a while. that's true actually it's not like this is an isolated thing as yeah. you say there's not much that you would leave a baby with unattended no Good tip, Dave. Uh, I will definitely be looking into a survival blanket, and next time I'm in an outdoors shop, which is, I guess, where I'm going to get one from, or maybe Amazon, uh, I'll, I'll be uh, on the lookout for one of them. We had a tweet, uh, it was a little while ago now, from Rob Grundle saying, well, asking us, um, have you had the discipline conversation yet? And I guess this is probably more aimed my way for, for Toby. Um, yeah, Lauren doesn't really listen to us yet. I was going to say, I, I, you know, Oliver, I, I, I've tried, but no, he's he's not really <laughs> he's not really able to yeah. take on board my stern voice. Yeah, no, with I mean, Toby's three and a half. I mean, he starts school in September, so yes, we've had to you know, find the ways to. I think discipline is. I don't know. It, it's a quite feels quite a harsh word, but find the ways to set the boundaries so he recognises when we're telling him he's doing something we don't want him to be doing. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I, I think the main thing you learn is you can't negotiate with a three-year-old. <laughs> you can try. You can think you, th- you can think you've succeeded in negotiating with a three-year-old, but, yeah, it's hard work. Now, before um, I was a dad, Nick, and before I knew you and, and Toby... I wouldn't have really known what a three-year-old is like. And and maybe for new parents who've not got to three years old yet, it might be worth just briefly touching on like what a three, three and a half, three and two-thirds year old yeah. is like. Like they, they, they're they speaking, obviously, and walking. But, uh, I mean, well, so, t- t- Toby will hold like a fairly good conversation with you, won't he? Oh, absolutely. No, you can have a really good conversation. Um, it's... I think in part at that age they don't necessarily understand about completely about sort of consequences or you can't necessarily reason with them mm-hmm. if that makes sense you can't sort of explain well if you do that this will happen 
do they have um, mu- not much of a sense of uh, the future and the past? Like it, everything, I imagine, is quite immediate until you get to a certain age. Yes, and I think they they can be quite willful when they're sort of in the moment of, I want to do this now, or you know, I'm busy, <laughs> or I'm just doing this. Like a puppy. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately you can't spray them with water like you can puppies. <laughs> or rub their nose in it. Yeah. <laughs> so with Toby, we, I mean, it's things like he now knows about going on time out when, he, when we, you just have to sort of remove him from a situation and sit him down away from anything. And for a period of time he just has to sit there and he has to stay on that spot. I mean, it's not. It's we haven't done things like the naughty step. I was going to say, sounds like the naughty step, but with a bit less negativity. Yeah. yeah um, although it is, it can be. Typically, time out is the last resort. That he's had warnings. Yeah, I'm going to ask you one more time, type thing, or three more times. And if a time out occurs, is yeah. it on the sofa or on the step halfway it's, up to the kitchen? What's the? It's removed from wherever he is at that point. So. And so we don't have a spot we take them to, mm-hmm. take him to, but if he's if he's doing something in a particular place that we don't want him to be doing, and he doesn't stop when we ask him repeatedly and with whatever warnings, and we warn him he will go on time out, it is picking him up and just moving him away, and it doesn't matter necessarily where he goes, but it's just moving away from where whatever he's been doing. Mm. Because um, it's it's in part that act of taking him away of what he wanted to be doing, that that you're trying to get across. And for us, it's you know he then has to sit there. Um, if he picks anything up, you know you just calmly just take it off him and make sure he just sits there. He's not allowed. He's not there just to play something different in a different spot. It's it's not um, a chance to watch Octonauts. No, no, absolutely. And you know if he's been watching something, and it's time out, then you know the TV will go off or. We'll take him out of the room, that type of thing. He then has to sit there for a period of time, and it's been. Um, Joe always said that the rough guide is it's um, for the number of minutes that they are old, if that makes sense. So, so one, two, one minute per age of the child, yeah, well, per, per yeah. year of the child's age. Yeah, so yeah, two minutes for a two-year-old, three minutes for a three-year-old, and so on. So hmm. um, half an hour for you. Yeah, you know it would be quite boring to. <laughs> But, you know, that's when Joe has to put me on timeout, then, you know. <laughs> no, no octonauts for half an hour. Yeah, well, that'd be a blessing sometimes. But, yes, it, it, it can be interesting. And it, it's often, it's much easier if if you can get them to do what you want to do without it becoming a battle over mm. who wants to do what. So yeah. I think we talked about it last week, the, the uh, law of attraction type stuff, the language you use. It's so not, putting yeah. putting things in positive terms rather than don't run. Exactly, please walk. But it might be, you know, if he's downstairs and it's time to go up to bed or whatever it might be, it's not stop playing, we, mm. we've got to go mm. upstairs. It's it's here is an alternative, let's go do this alternative type thing. Yeah. Um, things like, I mean, because Toby loves numbers, for example, you know, so he loves counting and that sort of stuff. So when we have to give him a countdown... Like, you know, in five minutes we're doing something else. Something we did from very early on was, rather than just call it across the room to him, we'd make sure we'd get his attention so he'd be looking at us, and then we'd hold up our hand and show him the number, like five or whatever it might be. So rather than just saying the words at him, 
showing him the sort of countdown on our fingers mm. the numbers mm. and he responded to that seemed to respond to that much better because because he loves numbers and the counting down and it then became exciting to do a countdown to zero because at zero you know, rockets take you know things happen at zero yeah it's something's fun. happening even if the thing is going to bed then it's yeah you, you've built it up into a much more exciting moment rather than just like oh now it's time for bed you've you've yeah. pre-warned him as well that that's less effective these days I mean, we still absolutely do it you know giving clear countdowns and stuff but it's often getting out of the bath is is the one that takes takes a bit more effort because we'll say we'll give him the countdown said right zero minutes time to get out he goes well i'm, I'm just telling one more story or I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm just i'm just washing this or i'm just doing that and it's the no listen <laughs> Um, and the and the other one he has started doing, which we're still trying to work out how best sort of counter is, when he does something that he shouldn't or doesn't listen, he'll say, "My toes told me to do it." Oh, that's interesting. It's or my knees told me to do it. And this might be a, coming back to bite us. The fact we say, you know, are you using your listening ears or your walking feet? You know, the fact we're sort of personified different in, bits of his body. Your indoor voice. Yeah, he's now returning that by. But my toes made me do that. <laughs> so we're still looking for ways to sort of counter that, like, well, you need to tell your toes to behave. <laughs> um, it's fun. It's interesting with the three-year-old. But I think the whole sort of discipline and that sort of stuff, for us, I think it got easier or it got... It was a different experience once he, once he started going to nursery regularly because there he's, you know, that sort of the need for a sort of disciplined routine or you know listening to adults and doing what they say gets reinforced so much more there yeah. that um and it's not just mummy and daddy always telling him what to do it's you know yeah. there are other adults yeah um i think that was that helped a lot understanding how nursery did it and sort of con- making sure we were sort of consistent and going both ways you know letting nursery know how we <coughs> like to do things and understand how nursery did it I think that that has helped as well. Hmm. Is it somewhere that you can ask for tips as well? Like in in the moments of dropping off and picking up, is there an opportunity with nursery to be getting? I, I don't mean advice, but I mean like you know, some of the stuff we're talking about here. If you were doing it for the first time and you didn't have a wife who was a, a, a yeah. trained nursery nurse, is that a place that people can get help, or am I am I uh, over optimistic in that? Um, it's largely going to depend on on the place itself. I think certainly at the couple of nurseries Toby's been to, you know, we've been very lucky with the people there. That that um, they've been very good, and and you know, we, we've always felt happy to have those conversations um, mm. with them. For a lot of the nurseries where they've got, you know, the more ex- experienced members of staff, you know, they've seen it all, they've done it all. Um, I'm sure they're. You know, if if someone is struggling with something, I'm sure they'd be happy to have a. Because at the end of the day, if they're the ones looking after your child, you know, nine till five during the week, mm, yeah, um, it's it's almost in their interests to make sure, you know, the children are well behaved or or do respond to to instruction from from the adults. So, um, and it's got to be a partnership. You know, you can't be working with opposite aims, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. So I've I found that 
really useful, Nick. And obviously it'll be a little while before I'm applying very much of this for Oliver. But um, yeah, I, I'm already getting the sense that I'm going to need to. <laughs> uh, if listeners have got tips or suggestions or things that have worked for them, then as ever, we're, the reason we're here is not to give just our own tips and advice, but actually to hear from you, the listener. Because on aggregate and between you all, you've got a lot more collected experience and wisdom than, than we have together. So please do get in touch and let us know uh, let us know what works for you. Absolutely. And as ever, you can email us, podcast at beardydads.co.uk. And on Twitter, we are Beardy Dads. Beardy Dads. Speaking of feedback, Nick, uh, another week goes by, another review on iTunes has been left for us. Oh, yes. Ickle Jimmy has this to say. I came across the podcast by accident and thought it looked worth a listen. I was right. As a new dad, three weeks now, it's nice to hear other dads talking about all the issues that crop up. And to know I'm not alone in not having a clue at the moment. (laughs) I'm only on episode six at the moment and keep falling asleep before the end of each podcast. So I have no idea how any of them end. Keep up the great work. Both me and my partner love listening to you and have told loads of people to listen to you too. That's brilliant, Nickel Jimmy. Thanks very much for the review. Uh, Congrats on your three, well, probably a bit older now, five week old. Yeah, let us know how it's getting on. Yes, and and thank you for sharing us with your friends as well. I've got a bit of a tip when it comes to falling asleep. Uh, to listening to Beardy Dads. I edit Beardy Dads, and I'm always surprised at how slowly we speak. And I think it's because it's... Well, it's now 11 o'clock at night on a Friday night, so we're, we're both quite tired. So both to help you get through it faster and also to cope with the fact that there's actually quite a lot of space between the words that we speak, I reckon you can listen to Beardy Dads at double speed quite safely. <laughs> it's one of those podcasts that it will work really well for. I think it helps that you and I both have quite deep voices. So... Um, it doesn't get too Jimmy Cranky. <laughs> Not too chipmunky, yeah. Yeah. That's fun. So when I'm editing, I'll often do that at double speed. So if I can edit it at double speed, I'm sure you can listen to it. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, well, um, Nick, it's been another fun week. Thank you to everyone who's been in touch uh, and to everyone else who's been talking to us and about us this week, including Kenny Dobson, Kelvin G and Dave, a.k.a. Magix79. Yes, thanks for everyone. Uh, it really is your comments through the week, your email that helps us work out what we're going to talk about. Um, so do get in touch. We do we do like it. Yes, we do. We like that very much. Um, and we also like our theme tune. Thank you, Wes. Yes, thank you, Wes. So, Rue, no Biddy Dads next week. We'll take a break. We'll let you enjoy San Francisco. Thank you very much. We'll be back in two weeks. Uh, shall we, just looking through some of our notes, some of the things we might be talking about soon... Uh, weaning we talked about teething weaning follows quite quickly after that anything else you can think uh, about that you might want to prime some contributions for i don't know but we've got we've had on the list for a long time um kids tv yeah i have a, a rant about postman pat which i've been saving for a while but yeah we'll we'll, we'll share that one soon i'm looking forward to hearing your postman pat rant but yeah i think weaning is is going to be um something that's coming up in in my life certainly quite soon yeah um but yeah no as as ever anything that uh that dads around the world are experiencing yeah. or or want help with or want to show off about then yeah. uh yeah just just get in touch as ever and we'll be back with you in a couple of weeks brilliant good night Rue, and see you in two weeks time good night nick have a nice trip see you soon cheers bye